Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Well, alright, you know it's that time. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right, I am Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat. I see somebody with their finger on something. What is that? Ah! I had a feeling you were about to crack a beer. Yes, sir. you do it every fucking way. That's that's your calling card, dude. It is. It is. It's my little niche. You know, you know, it's like the day you hear, you don't hear that, you know, we lost our brother Ian, Ian to liver cirrhosis. So rejoice. Every time you hear that crack, rejoice that he's still on the earth with us. Yeah, if you don't hear that, you know I got replaced with Shadow Stevens. And also, if you don't hear that and he's alive, just pray he ain't driving around. <laughs> I don't drink and drive. All right, Ian. So uh, we're going this week. We're going to do uh, Taking Over, which we did attempt to do uh, a couple weeks ago. It didn't work out well. Uh, we already explained that. No need to explain it again. So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about something, and then we're going to go into the news. And I want you to start off because we, we seem to have a little problem that we have to discuss on the show this week. So I'll let, yes. you, I'll let you start with our little problem. All right, this is something that plagues the fucking internet and Facebook in general. Uh, it's called trolling, which is basically you just want to start shit. And unfortunately, we had a couple of uh, fans of the show commit suicide this week. Not literally, but from our Facebook page. And I'm going to be quite honest right here. I'm still friends with these people. I don't hate them, but they pushed it. And they pushed it with Ralph in particular. And that page and this podcast is 50-50 me and Ralph. We do everything together. Uh, it, you know, if you offend him, you're gone. If you offend me, you're gone. I made a mistake once before. Somebody pissed Ralph off, but he didn't piss me off, and I kind of let it go. And, and, I really, and I also told you not to delete him. So Right, right. But, but, you know, in fairness, I was being a little selfish, and I should have respected... You know what happened with you, and from now on, I will. If if you really piss Ralph off, you're gone. It doesn't mean I don't like you, and we can't be friends, but you won't be on the page. And it's going to be likewise if you piss me off. You could still be cool with Ralph, but you're gone. Here's the thing. All right, we're open for discussion. Not everybody's going to agree. Hell, me and fucking Ralph fight like cats and dogs about a lot of Just shit. about every show we do. Just about everything we do. But here's the thing. There's a couple of things we, like, commonly bond on. You know, our love of metal, our love of Kiss, our love of Black Sabbath. Our love of our moms. Yes, oh, we love each other's moms. And we also love Rio Van Halen and David Lee Roth, and we both hate, hate, hate Sammy Hagar. It's even in our description. So we had a couple people go overboard this week. With a bunch of, you know, pro-Sammy Hagar, all this fucking Hagar and propaganda. I, and if I may, I'm not going to mention the first guy. You see, the thing is, two people were deleted this week, and they were both deleted by me. I took it upon myself to delete them. Now, here's the thing. They did not piss me off, but this is how you're going to get deleted from this page if you try to piss me off. 
if you go out of your way to piss me off. Now, there's a guy, and I'm not going to mention his name because he wants us to. I will mention the other guy, but this guy, I won't mention his name. This guy's been on the page for years, or he's been my friend for years, whatever. I mean, he was never a dick. Just out of the blue, this guy just snaps at me one day because of my, you know, my little opinion on Bob Daisley and E.T. He seemed to have it enough because I bring it up too much. So it seemed to bother the little boy. So he got all pissed off about it. And then, you know, then he, he attacked me again. I don't know on what. And then when I, I pointed out that, hey, dude, what the fuck's your problem? He was like, well, I was just kidding, you know. And now he did it again. And this time he was with the Sammy Hagar shit that to the point where I was like, okay, you're gone. And then he was like, well, I don't really like Sammy. That, then you're just doing this to fuck around. I ain't got time for this bullshit. You're gone. Now, the other guy deleted his very first post on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, if you remember, Ian, was, God, you guys like, you like ABBA, and Ian likes, I don't know, whatever the fuck he said you like, and you don't like Sammy Hagar. It's like, he's already judging us. And this motherfucker's been on the page for I don't know how long, and he keeps with the Sammy Hagar. He's not funny. I don't know. The guy thought he was funny or something. He's just dry and, and just idiotic. And then we went into war about... Let me tell you something. This goes... And I'm not judging every single Van Hagar fan. But boy, there's a lot of Van Hagar fans that are under this impression that Van Hagar sold more than Van Halen. Which is not true. Even no, though... They, it had, yeah. they charted higher, but did not sell more. That's right. And the thing is that... But these idiots... And then this guy... Actually said, well, Sammy Hagar sold more than David Lee Roth solo wise, and I was like, not true. And not true. I, I wasn't sure, but I go, you know, I don't think that's true. And he go, oh yeah, it's true. So then I did my research and I owned them and even admitted he was wrong. And the sad thing is, Sammy's got two to almost three more times releases than Dave, yeah. and Dave still outsold him. Sammy's been around since like what? 74, his solo career, or 75, whatever. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I, I I never paid attention until The Rose came out. Uh, he was good in The Rose. Okay. Uh, yeah, Beaches was a little sad for me. I don't think he was but, even uh, good in The Rose. Yeah. I like Montrose. Right. That's about it. But I didn't like Paper Money. I liked the first Montrose album. It was good. Music-wise. I mean, Sammy was all right. I mean, he didn't sound like Sammy Hager that much. He sounded a little bit like him. It was tolerable. I like Montrose. Okay, I admit it, but man, I hate him solo-wise. I hate Van Hagar. I hate after Van... I hate Sammy Hagar with a passion. And so does Ian, and that seems to really disturb people. Now, if you love Sammy and hate Dave, that's fine. Just state it. But don't come to me with fucking bullshit who sold more and this and that, which, number one, it doesn't matter who sold more, the truth. But... If you really want to get technical, I'm sorry, but Van Halen sold more. David Lee Roth sold more as a solo artist. And, and you know, before the internet, I remember Van Hagar fans would say that to me without me having proof. And I'm like, well, who cares if Van Hagar sold more? They suck. I didn't know back then that Van Halen... Van Halen won in 1984 alone sold more than the whole Van Halen discography. Van Hagar discography. Right. And, and, you know, and here's another thing I want to point out. Okay, everybody knows how we feel about this shit. It's even in the description of our Facebook page. So, remember where you're at. You're coming to our house. 
Yeah. You don't have you don't have to agree with, but show respect. I I, I mean you, you don't go you know on the the, the BT uh, fucking Facebook page and start posting a bunch of rebel crosses. You know you're not gonna make friends. And if you just want to fucking if you just want to fight to fight, get out of here. We got, yeah, we got no no time with it. If you, if you want an honest debate and you want to state your opinion, we're fine with that. That's great. Hey, if you like Sammy, okay. But don't start, like, spamming my page with a bunch of Sammy pictures and going on about Sammy and think that's okay here. Go to a Sammy Hagar page. I hate, 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 hate Sammy Hagar. I'm sure there's a Sammy Hagar Facebook page, but I don't go on it. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't go on and, and say Dave's awesome and Sammy sucks. Cause hey, that's for, hey, Sammy fans want to hang together. All ten of you have fun, you know. But I, I mean, you're coming here if you just if you just want to fight. And this is a problem. We 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 do have a lot of younger fans, and one of the guys that got kicked off is a younger fan. Yeah, that's the one I don't want to mention his name. Yeah, fuck you, that guy. Here, here's the thing. You kids grew up in an era where you say everything on the internet behind, you know, in the comfort, you know, of your parents' fucking basement and shit. Where we grew up when we would talk to one another in person about this shit. And you showed a little bit of fucking respect. Because if you did it, you might get your fucking clock clean. Exactly. And plus, we're talking on the internet from our own house where we pay the rent. We have nobody helping us. We have nobody driving us to school. We have nobody bringing home juice boxes. <laughs> and, 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 and hey, if you're a young fan, we, we love it. I'm I love that. that. I love it. Yeah. But don't lecture me. Yeah. And and, 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 sh- and show a little fucking cooth and respect. And I don't mean like no cussing or wipe your feet. But remember whose house you're in and show a little fucking respect. And I will, and I, and I, you know what? I want to bring up one guy we haven't deleted yet. Yeah. But it's, a, and, and this is another thing we got, I want to bring up. If you're going to come on this page and state some kind of fucking opinion that I have proof that it's wrong, and then I show you that it's wrong, and then you turn it around into something else, and we go on this stupid merry-go-round where every time you say something, I prove you wrong, you end up like deflecting what I just proved you wrong and go, Go over here. I mean, this whole Bob Daisley thing and Ozzy Osbourne. Hey, man, I love Ozzy. I understand Bob Daisley got fucked. But they don't seem to understand that Bob Daisley's a bitch that kept going back over and over again. Now, me and Ian disagree on Bob Daisley. He's pro-Bob Daisley. I'm not. But we have some kind of agreeance. He hears what I say, and he's probably saying, whatever, that's your opinion, whatever. Even if it's factual, right? And maybe he's saying to me, He's right, factual, whatever. I don't see it. He don't see it. Fine. It's mutual respect. But we have this little punk kid that I haven't deleted yet, but my finger's fucking itching. That if you don't show me a little fucking respect, you little punk, I'm just going to have to delete you like I did the other two tards. Period. (laughs) Now, if you bring up some fun, if you just join us in conversation and even debate us, and, and if you prove me wrong, I will say, you know what? You're right. And I have no problem, and I have proved it on the page. If somebody proves me wrong, I will accept it. That's why I say many times, show me a link. And there has been times that people have showed me a link and corrected me, or as, a, as we would say, totally fucking owned me. And I, <laughs> and I went up on, hey, you proved me wrong. You're right. 
But it's very rare, man, that I fucking... I'm like these people that think Van Halen sold more with David Lee Roth without any fucking proof. I need to do some research before I spout my mouth out. Yeah. Like these kids, they just all of a sudden think, oh, because this guy said Michael Anthony's vocals were piped in live. It must be true. Well, fuck, I went to the show. I didn't hear it. And it's just hearsay. Anyway, uh, I think we should go into the news. You're damn right. And we encourage any listeners to come on the Facebook page. Young and old. Young and old. What's that? Young and old. Everybody's welcome. Just show mutual respect. We now, now, again, we bust each other's balls. We call Justin a fag. He calls me a fag. And I call Ian a fag. You know, we all fuck with each other, but it's within wink. When you're vengeful and you're pissed off because I think Bob Daisley's a bitch, then we're going to have a problem. You can say, Ozzy's a bitch, Ozzy's a thief, Ozzy's the liar, all you want. I ain't going to say shit, but if you start bringing up and Ozzy did this when you have no proof, yeah, I'm going to say something. See, I, I have proof that Justin Childers' mom is a whore. I can prove that. <laughs> really? I, I, you know, I have the sores. I can show pictures. Oh, man. You know? But anyway, fuck this shit. Let's go. We're going, we're going to the news. Let's go. And there's only one fucking topic that everybody's talking about this I week. know what it and is. That, and that is the mighty Van Halen. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. So much shit about the Jimmy Kimmel uh, videos about the Ellen Show, about the new live album, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, First things first, let's talk about the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Well, uh, did you see the video where he hit his nose? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And Uh, I I think Dave needs to stop doing that shit. This is the second when he was solo, he hit himself with a sword one time. I know. And said real, real good. I, Dave, I love you, but it might. You're 60 years old. God damn it. God bless. And maybe it's time to give it up. Yeah. Stop with the with the baton. Um, I personally, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm a Van Halen nerd. I'm a total Roth tar, Dave to the grave. I'm gonna give you my honest opinion. I think Dave did really good on Jimmy Kimball and Ellen. I know a lot of people going, you fucking crazy? Oh, you're a tart if you think he sang good. Well, shit, compared to the live album, which I'm sorry, but I I don't think he sings good on the live album. Have you heard it, Ian? I I did. i tell you what, today is the first day I listened to it. And I, I got this. We've talked about this guy, the strange man in the deep, you know, the trench coat that gives me shit before it com- becomes released. I got it. I sent it to you, and I didn't even listen to it yet because I was so scared that it was going to break my heart because I'm such a fucking Rothbard and a Van Halen fan. I was almost scared to listen to it. Finally today, I knew we were doing the news. I'm like, I got it. I got to check it out. Jesus fucking Christ, do I love this fucking album. And I think Roth sounds awesome. Wow. I, I, I really do. Um, we're kind of getting ahead here. I want to talk about Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you know, the shit happened. They restarted Panama. I thought he sounded like shit on Panama. I'm, I'm going to be dead honest. I think he sounded like crap. But here's another thing. 
The motherfucker's 60 years old. He just split his fucking nose wide open and had to do a retake. And uh, it's unfortunate that that's went across the fucking nation. Like, everybody saw that. Because I, I think he did. He sounded like shit on fucking Panama. And I worship this motherfucker. He sounded like shit. I thought he sounded way better on Running With The Devil. Kind of got himself together a little bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, I heard the other stuff. It was okay. I've heard Ross sound better. Uh, what did you think of Jimmy? You said you, you liked well, him I, on Jimmy I, Kim? I actually thought he sounded fine. I, I, I mean, okay. compared to the live album, me and you are totally opposites here. But you see, okay. I'm, I'm not going to delete you for saying that. Okay. Well, did did you see them uh, on Ellen? Did you see them yes, I saw jump it today. on Ellen? I saw it today. I saw not only Jump, I saw Dance the Night Away. It's on, uh, it's on, uh, oh. it's on the online, like Ellen's YouTube, Ellen's page. It's not even YouTube. It's right. Ellen.com, whatever the fuck. Somebody yeah. posted it on my Facebook wall. Now, I liked Dance the Night Away, but he didn't do the, oh, yeah, which he's capable of doing. He did it fine right. on a live album, but he didn't do it. But I'll tell you one thing. He did something staged that he did on Jimmy Kimball. And I don't know, because I saw... I didn't see Jimmy Kimmel on TV. I saw online, even like the, the shit that wasn't shown on TV. Now, when he did Dance right. the Night Away on Jimmy Kimmel, he brought a girl up. Did you see this? He brought a girl up on stage to dance with him? No. Okay, he's no. like, oh, look at... Oh, hey, you hot stuff. Come here. And he pulls this girl up on stage, and he starts dancing with her. Well, on Ellen, he did it again. And it was the same girl, but this time the girl was acting like she was working for Ellen. Holding a little notebook, and Alan, and Dave's like, "Oh, look at this girl! Hey, hot stuff, want to dance?" And it was the same damn girl. That's hot. <laughs> but you know, well, I mean, then again, Daily Roth. Uh, look at all the people here tonight. He said every night in the eighties. Yeah, live in front of your naked steaming eyes. I mean, yeah. we all know that. Hey, buddy, I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, this is real. We ain't the fucking Clash, or we're not yeah, Quiet yeah. Riot. Oh, but, oh, 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 oh. I do have to say something about that, though. Okay. 1982 Diver Down Tour. I was all the way up front. David Lee Roth had a little, like, perch. It wasn't that far, but it was a little, I don't know, like four foot. I was pressed against that motherfucker. I mean, I'm talking like I was pressed. I was all the way up front. David Lee Roth comes out with a bottle of Jack, takes a swig, then he starts sweating us with it. It was real. It was real. I'm telling you, oh, he shit. drank it in front of me, and when he poured it on us, it was Jack Daniels. Now, maybe he filled it with iced tea on the other shows, but that night at the Hollywood Sportatorium, 1982, he was drinking Jack Daniels on stage. And when he drank it, I saw the little bubbles and everything. So he might, you know, everybody says... Yes, he, indeed. He, he might be drinking, you know, um, uh, iced tea at other shows, but that night, I got to just say, that was, awesome. that was Jack Daniels. All right, well, here's my thing about the Ellen Show. I did not see Dance the Night Away. I watched uh, Jump today. And to me, wow, what a tale of two bands. I felt on Jimmy Kimmel, the band was on fire, and Dave was not. When they played Jump on Ellen, that was the sloppiest fucking shit. Al's out of time, Eddie's out of time, and I thought Dave sounded great. Uh... But fucking, I, I, they look bad. I tell you the one, everybody's bitching about Dave. I think the one you should worry about is fucking Uncle Al. You know, but Al's then again, playing great though. I don't. He, I, I the timing was so off on fucking jump. 
But then again, when you're on TV and you're hearing monitors and shit like that and stuff, and plus you don't have the vibe of you know the, your real fans and shit, I don't judge it by that. I judge by concerts. And I was, I saw both the you know the well the reunion and then the tour afterwards. I missed Van Halen their original run. I absolutely refused to pay money to see them with fucking uh, uh, Bette Midler. And of course, I wouldn't pay money to see him with Gary Sharon. Um, but I, I, I loved him. And then I, I listened to the live album today. Let's get in the live album now. You had me scared as fuck because you had a post. You're like, Argh. Dave sounds like shit. And I was like, oh, shit. Man, I put it on today. And of course, I don't go to the ones that they're sampling on fucking, you know, uh, you know, Panama and all that shit. I went to hear about it later. I went to Women in Love. You know, I went to Romeo Delight. I thought Dave sounded absolutely... Now, I mean, not... Keep in mind, people, he's fucking 60. I thought he sounded great. It was so much fun. It made me feel like I was there. I loved it. You know, it, it, expecting great vocals at a Van Halen concert is, is like watching a porno for the story. Just sit back and look at it. You're gonna come. You know, um, my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say, you know, uh, I when I did a post on Facebook going, hi, this is fucking horrible. Because I was like on like the 10th song or something, but I'll tell you where he sounds great on the live album, because after I heard it all, there were some highlights, because I put it on my iPod and took a walk. Romeo's Delight, he sounds awesome. Yeah. He sounds great on Everybody Wants Them. He sounds good on uh, Women in Love. I'll Wait. And, um, yeah, another one you mentioned. Um, hear about, hear it about it later? Hear about it later. He sounded fine I, on those songs. I'll tell you one that gave me goosebumps was the breakdown and I'm the one that... And fuck Michael Anthony. I think Wolfgang and Eddie did a great job. Yeah, I think Michael's better, but Wolfie is not bad. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Hey, everybody in their right mind wishes fucking Mike was there, but he's not. I'll tell you what, like all these people are like, Mike, he's not there. Were you fucking crying when Dave wasn't there? If not, shut the fuck up. They're all fucking Sammy tards that are crying about Mike. Hey, he got fucked over, but you know what? You you were sleeping with the enemy, pal. It's I mean, true, granted, it's Ed- true, Ian, but dude, at the same time, come on, man. Eddie's a fucking asshole. No, 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 Eddie's a, made, Eddie's a made, dick. He made fucking Michael Anthony sign out all way all his rights for that last throw with Sammy where Mikey thought, well, fuck, they're never going to get back with Dave, so this will right. be the last chance to give the fans something. Michael Anthony's a stand-up guy, and he got oh, no, fucked no, I, over. I, 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 no, I agree he got fucked over, but then again, he should have thought twice before he did what he did, even though Eddie was acting like a dick. You're, he should... He should have realized Eddie's been trying to shit cam him since 1980. 1980 with Billy Sheen. I know this. Yes, he wanted Billy Sheen. He's been trying to shit cam him forever. You look at all the writing credits. Not a Michael Anthony on fucking one of them. Wait, what are you talking about? All songs are, are all four credited. If you look back now, they, they, they changed the shit. Did they? Yes. Oh, that's it's, bullshit. It, it, it's all credited to Eddie, Alex, and Dave. That is bullshit. No, no, no. I, I agree it's bullshit. And I love Mike Anthony. I wish Mike Anthony was there. But you know what? It, it, it's like going to the Stones and then bitching because Bill Wyman's not there. I love Bill Wyman. I want Bill Wyman there. But as long as Charlie, Mick, and uh, 
Keith are there, I'm in. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'll still support Van Halen. I love the different kind of truth. It's a great album. Uh, love it. But, you know, I mean, Dave is a little hoarse here and there. Okay, fine. I mean, I, yeah, he's 60, whatever. I mean, just, I, I just, look, I, I'm a Dave Tard, but I have to say how I feel. And that live album, whatever. It, but I'm such a Dave Tard, I went out and bought it on CD and vinyl. So, you know, there you go. So that, that pretty much, I mean, that's all we got for the news this week is the mighty Van Halen. They are coming. Are they coming to your your area? No, God damn it. Uh, I don't know. Depending on when your show is, I might have to go to fucking Florida and go come, see come it. Come on, man. We'll go to the West Palm Beach. Crash on my house, man. I would love to. We'll go I see the West Palm Beach see. show. All right, then let's get into the review now. Uh, this week we are reviewing Overkill's Taking Over, the second album, full-length album from Overkill. Um, I, this is how I discovered them. I discovered them on this album. I didn't know about them on Feel the Fire. Maybe uh, read about them or something. It's been so long, over 30 years already. But I remember the first time I actually heard Overkill was uh, In Union We Stand, the video on Headbangers Ball. And uh, I don't remember I, I don't remember going to buy it because of that. But when I did end up buying it, I was floored how killer it was, and then then got Feel the Fire, and that, you know, Feel the Fire would be my favorite, but, you know, Taking Over is almost as good, and I really love Year of Decay. I mean, I can go on. All, they have, I don't think they ever made a bad album. There's a lot of albums much better than others, but Taking Over is one of those really killer, killer overkill albums, and uh, I saw the tour. I saw them with Rats Gates. Uh, open for Megadeth two nights actually here in Miami Beach at the Cameo Theater. Megadeth was Peace Cells and they were taking over and I went both nights and I'm a little foggy on exactly what Overkill played that night. I remember Feel the Fire for sure and they opened with Deny the Cross and stuff. But uh, I was pretty drunk too but I do remember highlights of that show. And uh, I've become a big ass Overkill fan ever since. I'm a big fan of Overkill. And uh, love them, man. So let's, uh, Ian, let's uh, tell the people how you got into Overkill. Uh, it was a long road to get into Overkill. The first time I heard of uh, was probably Hello to the Gutter, or Hello from the Gutter video. And man, I just laughed at it. I couldn't stand it. Uh, I wasn't quite into Thrash that much yet, man. And, and those vocals just like totally turned me off. And I think that's a lot of people's problems with uh, with Overkill, uh, and why they didn't get bigger than they, than they did. Because it is an acquired taste, much like King Diamond. Uh, but uh, you know, heard "Hello from the Gutter," kind of. You know, that was it. I'm like, I'm not going to be an Overkill fan. And then I had like it was a uh, wasn't Columbia. I was like BMG. I I could order uh, some albums. They had a real limited metal selection. This was in the late 90s, and I had to pick one more. I was like, ah, fuck it. Let me give this Overkill band another chance. So I got a cover kill. And surprisingly, I really liked it. Uh, But I didn't, uh, you know, I was like, ah, the voice doesn't bother me as much anymore. But I didn't run back and really get into it. It wasn't until after the documentary Get Thrash came out when I was like, you know what? I, I need to give these guys another chance. And all of a sudden, it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. Like, what, you know... Why did I not get this the fucking first time? Went back through their catalog. Amazing albums. I agree. I don't think they did do a bad album. 
No. Like, you know, you know I, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Some are better than others. Excuse me. But uh, out of all the fucking, you know, thrash bands, I think they have one of the most solid discographies. Probably and, the most solid discography from all thrash bands, I would say. Oh, yeah. And I think... Uh, I think the vocals have gotten even better. There's some people, like, maybe you heard some of the older stuff and, and you didn't like Blitz's vocals. I think he's even better now than he, than he was back then. But uh, I, I'm a huge, huge fan now. Uh, the, the music they're putting out now, I think, is just as good, if not better, than anything they've done. And just as good, if not better, than all the thrash bands, period, are putting out now. Uh, absolutely love Overkill. Yeah, uh, one thing I did forget to mention, yeah, it totally slipped my mind. What made me go out and buy um, Taking Over back then uh, was I I received, I I don't know how I get a hold of this, there was a compilation album called Power Chords, where everything on that album rules except for White Lion. (laughs) That's the only thing I don't like on it, but that one, that album has uh, Wrecking Crew. And that's what sold it for me. I go, oh, this Overkill band, that's kicking. Let me go get taken over soon after that. So that's what got me in. And also a little backstory about this episode that we haven't actually discussed is that we already did this episode with our old co-host Terrence, but uh, it, it was uh, we've already explained this, but we'll explain it again. Uh, we were too mean to him, and uh, Ian was so drunk that he wasn't actually reviewing it. He was actually just mimicking Terrence. So this now we're going to redo it where we actually get to hear Ian's uh, opinion on taking over. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm enjoying the Frosty Barley Pops as we speak. So. Yeah, I know, but nobody's here to piss you off. So That's right. Keep your fingers crossed, kids. You'll be, you'll be able to do it without electro-violence. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's start it off, all right? Let's start off the album uh, with... Uh, Opening track, Deny the Cross, uh, probably my favorite song on the album. I love albums that start like this. It's got that, you know, that bombastic opening chord thing. Like a good example would be uh, The Hellion, Judas Priest, or uh, Among the Living, Anthrax. You know, those that bombastic, you know, intro. And this one has it, you know, and... Uh, yeah, it's just crushing. This I think this has everything that's awesome about Overkill all in one song. This, everything. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, you know, tied for my favorite track because there's a couple other ones that I love a lot on this album. But uh, my favorite line is, Back to dirt six feet deep, I take a breath long and deep. Awesome song that they don't play enough live. They used to back in the day, but they don't. They now and then throw it out, and when they do, it's fucking special because it is one of their best songs. It should be on the set list every fucking tour, but unfortunately, it's not. But I love it. Deny the cross rules. What do you think? I agree. Fucking great opener. Can't agree more. You know, great way to start out the album. Just kicks your ass right out the get go. The drums on this, I think, are incredible. Rad Skates did a great job. I also like the gang vocals in this, you know. And Overkill's real big on the gang vocals. Uh, and it, it's something, you know, that's different in, in thrash, you know. You expect that more with something like, you know, Twisted Sister. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. But uh, but I love that. Uh, 
You know, and I love the song. Fuck the cross. Deny that shit, man. It's fucking awesome. I would love to see these guys live. I've still never seen Overkill live. And then I just saw they announced today, or not today, but a couple days ago, that they're doing a U.S. tour in the fall with Symphony X. It's a co-headline tour. And, of course, they're not coming to New Orleans, so it looks like, again, I'm not going to see fucking Overkill. Are they coming to Florida? Yes, you son of a bitch. They Where? Are are really? South Florida? Um, I think you might have to go to Tampa if you want nah, to see nah, it. That's all right. I, I yeah. did. The last time I went to Tampa to see Overkill, I opened for them. Yes, yeah, true story. I played with Overkill. That's right. We have an ID that Bobby Blitz did for the show. Exactly. And hopefully I'll remember to put it in the beginning of this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. It's a, it's a shame I'm not going to see him, but the closest they're coming to me is Texas, and uh, I'm probably not going to make it. But uh, anyway, Deny the Cross, fucking classic. I love it. Then we go on to the next song, which is Wrecking Crew. Uh, man. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is like a tribute to their road crew and to their fans. Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. I think that's what they call their fan club. Yeah, and I know their website's Wrecking Crew. Uh, but, man, this one they play all the fucking time. And uh, it's a classic for a reason. It's another great fucking... They have a lot of, like, for a thrash band, a lot of, like, sing-along type songs. This is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, there's a reason it's lasted. I love Wrecking Crew. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I love... Well, as I said earlier, this is a song that really got me into Overkill. That made me go out and get uh, taking over, um, but I think I'm a little burnt out on this one, man. Like you know, it's kind of like their stay with heaven or whatever. Like the song that I've heard way too much, and yes, there's never been a time I've seen Overkill where they don't play this song. This song is always on their set list. It is a great song. I love the song, but it, 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 it for me it suffers a burnout factor. But it still kills on. It, it wrecks my neck. It's good stuff, yeah. you know. But um, eh, it's uh. What's the next one after this? The next one is Fear His Name. Fear His Name. I I really like the the intro to this, the music to this, the guitar playing. Bobby Gustafson, such an awesome guitar player that went, you know, when he was out of the band, which I believe they fired him. Uh, they had to replace him with two guitar players. That's how badass he is. And uh, monster, monster player. He lives down here in South Florida. He saw uh, my band open for. Uh, there was we did. There was an Overkill tribute down here. We actually did. There's a local band down here called Made of Metal that throws that does these themes of shows. Like they've done Halloween, Judas Priest, Ronnie James Dio, Iron Maiden, Death. Uh, and they did over an overkill show, and they asked Rush and I to open it. And you know, we've done we've done the Dio one, we did the Judas Priest one, and how it works is like we tell them, all right, let me see your set list so we can pick a song you're not gonna play. You know, like the Dio, for instance, we did Mob Rules, Judas Priest, we did Rapid Fire, and for the Overkill one, we did uh, Hammerhead. Nice. And uh, which actually we recorded Hammerhead uh, recently. Uh, I don't know if we're going to probably... We're probably going to give it out for free download once uh, the album's out. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. When we played Hammerhead, there there was Bobby Gustafson checking us out. It was wild. I was like, oh shit. It's kind of surreal playing a band song and there's a band member watching you do it, you know? Anyway, uh, 
so after the show, I went out to him. He enjoyed it. He thought he thought it was great. And uh, he, then he went up on stage and did uh, Elimination and I think Hello from the Gutter with the Made of Metal Band, which you can see on YouTube, as well as us doing Hammerhead. Type in Fractured Eye Hammerhead and you'll see the same show that Bobby saw us. And uh, now I'll get back to Fear His Name. I love Fear His Name. It's a fucking great song, especially the guitar work on it, the, ri- the, the riffs. Cool shit, man. What do you think? Oh, I love it. Uh, this is classic fucking metal to me. Uh, almost reminds me of like a Man of War type song. Because uh, and, and once again, maybe that's an East Coast thing. But this is definitely like a you know a storm the castle type shit. You know, classic power fucking metal. Uh, man, it, it, it's part of what makes this album so awesome. Because I, I think there's a lot of a lot of tracks on here that are great, you know, album tracks. Not necessarily a single, but just solid metal after solid metal after solid metal. And, uh, man, if you're a fan of just that classic, classic traditional metal, you're going to love Fear's Name. Awesome fucking track. Then we go into the next one, which is Use Your Head. Oh, man, another classic, solid as fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> I love the lyrics to this. I don't know if they're talking about me getting too drunk and I got my head up my ass. Uh, but there's definitely references to, to being an alcoholic, drinking too much, and having your head up your ass and having no class, which uh, I've heard all those comments about myself. But uh, I, I love this fucking track. It's, man, once again, makes this album what it is. What do you think of Use Your Head, Ralph? You got a lot to learn. Your head's up your ass. One of my favorites on here. Uh, unfortunately, they never played it after the Taking Over tour. Um, unfortunately. Yes, it is on the Fuck You EP. That was the Taking Over tour. A live version of that. Uh, I don't know why, man. It's such a great, catchy song. It's almost like that one kind of sounds like could have been a better single. Uh-oh, I feel a sneeze coming out. Don't you hate when that happens? Oh, yeah. And then it's a false alarm. Anyway. Yeah, now, I, see, I look at you and now you can't sneeze. No, I can't sneeze. Okay. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I love it. Alcoholism sucks. Fill me from my ruts. Uh, it's almost a, a, almost like a cock rock type lyric, this this uh, this song. And it's, uh, yeah, it's got the catchy little, that little guitar thing. Uh, it's, it's it's probably the catchiest song off this album. Uh, Use Your Head is awesome. One of my favorite tracks uh, off the album. And one that they should bring back into the set list because it rules. It's total thrash. Another thing that you said earlier about power metal. I remember we all know power metal now as, you know, Hammerfall and Rhapsody of Fire and stuff like that. But back in those days, I remember Overkill was known as power metal, not really thrash. I've, I've heard a lot of people call them power metal, because they were just so powerful, but but on this album, there's so many thrashy riffs that now, in retrospect, as years have gone by, Overkill was a, a thrash metal band. Oh, I, I agree, but I think there's elements uh, to them that some thrash bands didn't have. I, I think they had more like kind of a mixture between thrash and man of war type shit. Right. Now, I, I not, not only subject wise but musically wise too. Well, I agree because they were very influenced by Man of War. Um, you look at their covers EP, they they uh, they covered Death Tone 
from the first Man of War. I believe. Yes. Was it Death Punch? Yes. Yeah, I knew that they covered some from the first Man of War. So yeah, I mean, and they're from there. They're from, well, they're from New Jersey, and, and Man of War was from upstate New York. And yeah, it's, you could tell there's a big influence. And another thing I forgot to mention is Didi Verney. Holy crap, what a great bass player he is. Incredible. Underrated. Way when underrated. I, when we did the first Thrasher Die album, I said it to the guy recording. I said, I want the bass to sound like Didi. And they did it. You know, I mean, uh, I said, when we, uh, all right, our original bass player, I always told him, play with a pick. Because he played with his fingers. And he wouldn't play with a pick. And it just upset me. And the guy would never show up to practice. And he was having a kid, so we had to fire him. Then the next bass player that came in, who's an amazing bass player, Caligula, uh, Chris Placeris, he played with a pick, and he sounds just like Dee Dee Verney. If you listen to Poser Holocaust, listen to the bass. Pretty good. Uh, it's very noticeable in the mix. Total Dee Dee, and I love that. That's one thing to me that Overkill shines, that goddamn bass sound. Fucking rules. In, in all fairness, though, the original bass player... Uh, you know, did go on to become very successful with Poison. So Bobby Dow, you know, you, you might have issues, but uh, he's still a damn good bass player. Yeah. Thrash and I came out in like 2010, bro. Okay, I guess you can't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. Your heads up your ass! <laughs> All right, what's, uh, you already talked about this song? Yeah, you did. Well, yes. go, go into the next one. All right, the next one is Fatal If Swallowed. Oh, man. Amazing, amazing song. And and this is kind of like what you said about Denial of the Cross. I think this has everything uh, awesome about Overkill all in one fucking song. Uh, you know, I like, you know, and it definitely, as they went on, there was more of this, but longer songs. You know, and I, I love that for a thrash band. I mean, they had some, you know, a, l- a lot of thrash, you know, because it had that punk element. So some of them are short to the point. But they had real complex shit like this, you know, longer songs. Excuse me. And I, I love it. And, man, you hit the hell on the head about uh, Dee Dee. You know, as I, as I went, you know, when I really got into Overkill, that's another thing that really stuck out for me. Like, man, listen to this fucking bass. And, I, you know, it got me wondering, like, you know, when you hear people talk about thrash bands and bass players, of course you hear, you know, Cliff Burton... You know, and, and uh, Frank Bello, you know, Dan Lilker, uh, you know, of course, Tom and, and, and Ellison. But, man, Dee Dee should be right there with every one of them. Quite frankly, he's better than a lot of them. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, amazing. But I'm really glad you pointed that out. And I want people, you know, that might check out Overkill, you know, because of this episode. You know, especially if you love some fucking good-ass bass... You know, it, it, it's it's here with Overkill, and in a lot of thrash, bass gets buried in the mix. Yeah. You know, you know, like you listen. I, I love fucking Slayer, but I don't know if I've ever actually heard him play bass. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You you just hear those guitars and those drums, and you wouldn't even know there's a bass player. When you hear fucking Overkill, you know there is a bass player, and it's all over this fucking song. It's all over all their albums. Fucking Fatal Swallowed, classic classic fucking track and if I ever get the chance to see him live boy if they played this I'd fucking shit my pants it's fucking awesome that that would be a miracle uh, I don't even think I've ever seen him play this even on the Taking Over tour but 
they were opening for Megadeth, so maybe uh, that was they were they were limited. And it is a longer song, which uh, first came out on their EP, which I own, the very rare uh, Overkill EP on vinyl, which was released on uh, the CD called "Fuck You" and then more. They re-released "Fuck yes. You." And yes. They, they put, uh, they put yeah. the EP on there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have that EP, the actual uh, the vinyl, which is pretty cool. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, and I love the original version too. The Fatal Fall is a uh, yeah, it's, it's an epic album uh, song. Now, another thing I would like to say is that Taking Over not, is one of my favorite Overkill albums, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best Overkill album. But at the same time, if I want somebody to look into Overkill, I probably would tell them to look into Taking Over first. Because I think this one encompasses everything that's so fucking badass about Overkill. Yeah, well, I, I agree. You know, and it, if I had to pick, like, somebody's like, hey, I want to get into Overkill. Uh, there's three albums that I would pick, and they're all from different eras. But, you know, if I'm like, okay, I know you like heavy music, or you want to get more into this, I would pick this album, Horoscope, which I think is an amazing album, and White Devil Armory. Yeah. If I was trying to turn somebody on to Overkill, I mean, and there's way more than that, but I mean, I think I think those that they all show different aspects of this band, and they're all incredible. I would uh, like when we're done with the review. I I, I want to point out like, you know, all Overkill albums rule in my opinion, but I will put the ones that rule them all, and there's several of them because it's hard to like just pick like two or three. For me, there's a bunch of albums that I really, really I I would. Highly recommend people to look into it. If you want to get into Overkill, I'll give you my top picks as far as albums go. Alright, so we're going to flip it over to side two. Um, and uh, the, 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 the awesome song, dude. Power Surge. Lifting up power. All around you, power. Power. Yeah. Power. The Power Surge. You know, what a great, great song. And again, Rats Case, too. Another... You know, only played on two Overkill albums, but goddamn, that guy was good. Uh, oh, he, man. He has a, a home video DVD out. I think it's oh. called From the Basement or something. Incredible. Yeah, really I have it. good. I have really it. good. It really shows you how hard it was for these thrash bands back yeah. in the day. Busting he's, 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 Go ahead. He, he's, a little, he's a little douchey now and a little right wing for my taste, and I think he's like a born again Christian. But uh, that's a great documentary to watch just to see how much he did have to do with making Overkill what they were, all the hard work he put into it. This guy put his heart and soul and everything into Overkill, and then after this album, gave it all up. Yeah. When you hear about what this guy did and what he sacrificed and all this shit, and then... Before they even really make it, he just decides, ah, the road ain't the life for him. He's going to give it up. Uh, and he, he's a little bit bitter now, you know, because they, the, you know, they got bigger. Not that, you know, this these guys ain't fucking gazillionaires by any means. But they have longevity. They have respect. Uh, you know, th- they can still make a living doing this. And he seems a little pissed, but, man, he walked away. But, yeah, uh, from the basement or something basement... Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, look it up. Uh, I'm sure yeah. if you put Ratsgate's basement, you'll find yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, got it, it, I got it off Netflix. I rented it. And it was really, really good. I, I might, I might yeah. even buy it. Because 
I mean, it showed like you know, even showed footage of how hard it was, like oh yeah, traveling in a van. I mean, I know how that is because I've done it, but I don't. I only done it for a short period of time. These guys did it for years. So right. I mean, I look. Let me tell you something. I toured with Thrasher Guy. I've done a tour. It's not easy. It was, but at the same time, I wasn't out there enough to really know how how damaging it is because at the same time, I had so much fucking fun. And I'm sure that fun runs out after a few months. I wasn't even out there for a month, but it I mean, it was fun, but yeah, there's a lot involved. There's hey, no I, sleep, no showering, uh, bad bad eating, you know, it's just constantly on the move, like constantly leaving the show, packing up, hauling ass, getting to the next place, setting up merch, play the show, put back merch, Deal with promoters, get your money, get back in the van, haul ass to that, because we had a show every fucking night, as I'm sure they did. So I'm sure after a while, it was just, you know, that not that's why, you know, a lot of bands, you can't find all original members, because not all of them can hang in such a manner, you know what I mean? Hey, I, I lived in a van for years, you know, mostly because I gave your mom the rent money, and I don't know what she did with it. Mom joke but. one, ding. <laughs> but uh, man, no, it, it shows you, you know, some people can do it and some people can't, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people, it's they they want something different out of life when they get a little bit older, you know. It's, it's just like look at how passionate we are about the metal. How many people did you know when you were younger that were huge metalheads and now don't listen to metal anymore or don't keep up with this shit? Some people are fucking diehards like you and me, and you know some people are road dogs like uh, Bobby and Dee Dee, you know, and that's why they kept it going this whole time. But uh, I would like to talk about Power Surge as well. We, we went way off there, but Power Surge is fucking amazing, amazing. Uh, was that the single off of this? No, uh, the single was uh, "In Union We Stand." I think that's that's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. They had the video. Why they did not pick Power Surge? Somebody dropped the ball there. I don't know if it was Atlantic, Megaforce, Johnny Z, or who. Uh, you, you know, and I don't know. Disrespecting Union We Stand, but Power Surge, man, that should have been the fucking lead single because this. This fucking song is catchy as fuck. Uh, man, this is another one. I don't know if they still play this all the time, because I've never fucking seen them, but they should. It's just an incredible fucking track uh, that transcends, I, I think, different genres of metal. I, I think, you know, people who love thrash will love this. People who love traditional metal will love this song. You know, anybody who likes hard rock or heavy metal will find something in Power Search that they fucking love. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a hot steam and piss and you talk about the next track, which is In Union We Stand. All right, I'll go into this one. Um, like I told you guys earlier, uh, they, they, I saw this tour and they didn't play this song, which was weird because when uh, they played with Megadeth at that time, Headbangers Ball was showing In Union With Stand and yet they weren't playing it live. Which I found very odd. But, uh, and I said earlier, when I saw it on Headbangers Ball, it didn't really entice me to go see the band, I mean, go buy Taken Over, because I really don't like this song. For some reason, I just, I don't know. 
it's to me it does nothing for me i have seen them play this song since they brought it out on some tours here and there but they didn't do it back then and i'm not a big fan of this song it's uh the one song on the album that i don't like um that's about all I can say about New Year's Eve stand. And uh, here's Ian. Ian, uh, you take it away. I already talked about how I'm not a big fan of this song. All right. I thought you were going to do that while I was going wee-wee. Uh, I love this song. I can, I can kind of see what you're saying. But then again, in another way, I can't. Uh, I do dig it, but it's not my favorite. But there's just something, uh, you know, there's something classic about this song. Again, it's, you know, got the sing-along, you know, the gang gang vocals on it. I love it. It's a classic. It's another one to me that's very Man of War. You know, but, the, you know, there's definitely the cheesier side of, of Overkill, you know, and goes along with a lot of the cheese that comes with Man of War. Uh, but uh, it, it's a fun track, and, man, if, if I ever do get to see them, they play this, man, I would sing along every fucking note. Well, they but, do it now and then, but not all the time, Right. Well, fuck it then. I'll go on to the next one, which is Electroviolence. Now, this is one I, I kind of feel about this one the way you feel about In Union. Uh, I, I, I like it. Well, I, I probably like this song more than you like In Union Stand. I like this song, but it's probably my least favorite on the album. And, and that, that's not a slam to it because I love every song on there, but this is the one that. Maybe I might hit fucking skip on. Uh, what do you think, bro? Shit, it's one of my favorites. It's actually. Oh uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. And I ain't lying about that because you can go on YouTube and type in "Doctor Fuck Electro Violence" and you'll see me perform this live. Uh, I was part of a. Uh, it was called the the Metal Thrashing Mad Men. It was a tribute to thrash, and you know different singers went up local. You know local down here in South Florida. And I went up there and I did a couple songs, obviously Exodus and uh, Testament, Annihilator. And then when it came to Overkill, I was like, dude, I want to do Electro Violence. That's, I mean, I think that's the only pick I had because I had to do Alice in Hell, which I love, but it wasn't my pick. And uh, Lacked Act of Defiance Exodus wasn't my pick. Uh, Blessed Contempt by Testament wasn't my pick. So I was like, hey, I got to pick something here. So I did Electro Violence, and you can check it out on, on on YouTube. What a great, great song! I would my favorite songs on this album is Deny the Cross. It's a three-way tie: Deny the Cross, Power Surge, Electro Violence. All, all my favorites, my three favorite tracks on the album. But not to take something that I would say they're tied for third. But what I would put in tied for two uh, in the number two slot, I would put. Use Your Head and Overkill 2. Yes. The Nightmare Continues. Right on. What a great, great sequel to probably one of the greatest Overkill songs ever, the song Overkill. But uh, this one, uh, I got to tell you, man, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about Overkill 2. I get a vibe that this this thing was recorded while they were in the studio. I think this was recorded under pressure. It's like, look, we want to do an overkill too. We ain't got enough time. Let's just do what we can. And and they still hit a home run to me. Because I don't think there was a lot of thought put into this. It, it seemed a little disjointed at times, but it still worked. Into the night. 
That, that whole yeah. backing vocal thing. I loved it, man. Great, great song. Great, great sequel to one of the best Overkill songs ever. Which, by the way, I might add, when I saw when I opened for Overkill last time, the second song on the set list was Overkill, the first song. The first from the first oh, time. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. they actually brought back that song, which was like, whoa! And they also played Run to the Core, which they always do. And I think there was even another song they played from Fear uh, feel the fire that night. I, I love riding the court. That shit's awesome. Yeah, that's the song that dude. When you go see Overkill, they always play that fucker. Uh, what do you think of Overkill Two? The nightmare continues. I, I fucking love it, dude. I love all the Overkill songs. This is part two of five. There's five Overkill songs, and I hope they bring back another one. That would that would be great. There's you know, of course, the original. There's this one. Uh, Overkill 3, I believe, is on uh, Under the Influence. And END, Evil Never yeah. Dies. Yes, is Overkill 4. And then Overkill 5 is on Relics. So it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, Freddy Krueger like, and Jason. Jason, because uh, Evil Never Dies was supposed to be the last one, END. But it right. Came, but it came back from the dead. There you go. But, uh, man, I, I tell you what, it's a lot better than, uh, you know, what Metallica did with the Unforgivens. <laughs> I mean, oh, shit. Oh, that, that one even, sh- that started off shitty, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it can't get, exactly. you know, if you, exactly. you know how sequels are worse than the original? Right. <laughs> well, oh, boy, God. they got off to a bad start. It's like, yeah. it's like fucking making a, make, making a fucking a sequel to Ghost Dad. I right. Know, well, I know I'm showing my age there. But, <laughs> If you're going to do sequels, then, uh, you know, Overkill is like James Bond. Unforgiven is like Police Academy. You know, they just, they got progressively worse. Even though, I, I, oh, even though I hate to insult Police Academy by comparing them to Unforgiven, because I actually do like oh, the I love Police Academy. I do too, and I hate fucking Unforgiven, all three of them. I guess, I guess a better way to describe is... Uh... Uh, Unforgiven as uh, uh, Rhinestone with with Sylvester uh, Stallone. Hey, I like that movie. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I got a thing for Dolly Parton, man. I'm a tick guy. I'm right, sorry. Well, how about uh, Oscar? You seen that one? Ooh, that was bad. Yeah, that was really bad. bad. But none of them have sequels, though. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that's the that would be oh, yeah. like the that's Unforgiven. Bad... Imagine yeah. a sequel to Oscar. It'd be like, you know, oh god, oh god, yeah. <laughs> you don't want but... that. Oh, God. But no, uh, Overkill 2, amazing song. Great way to end the album. Uh, just awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, and if you're like I used to be, you know, and you're like, eh, the fucking vocals, give them another chance. I mean, s- seriously. And maybe check out one of the newer albums and then go back and see if you appreciate the past because that's what happened with me. And... Man, right now they're one of my favorite metal bands of all time, and, and their catalog is incredible. I mean, really, really strong. And it could be because they never made it that huge that they never lost the hunger. And, you know, and I think that's what's kept the band going through. You know, a, a lot of lineup changes. They have an incredible lineup right now, which I would put up against anything they've ever done. The current lineup, I mean, just stellar. Uh, guitar players, the drumming, Ron Lipnicki, I think his name is, the drummer, is a fucking beast. One of the best going right now. But it's the passion of Bobby Blitz and Dee Dee Bernie that have kept this going. Uh, absolutely incredible. This came out in March of 1987. It was uh, 
co-produced by the band and Alex uh, Perrault. Yeah, the, 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 thr- the Thrash. Yeah, per- yeah, Alex Perrault is the Thrash Perry Lord. Alice, yeah. The Thrash Lord of Thrash Recordings, which it, to me his crowning achievement is he got the heaviest guitar tone ever on SODs, Speak English or Die. Oh yeah, he, he you know he worked with uh, Testament yeah, too, yeah, MOD uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. yeah, great. Uh, co-produced by Johnny Z. I don't know what Johnny Z really did, but uh, you know he got he got a co-producing credit on it. But this was the last album with the original drummer and the major part of the band, Rat Skates. Uh, they went on tour for this. Uh, originally, they opened up for Halloween on a European tour. Then they came to the U.S. and did the Megadeth tour, which Ralph saw. And then it was doing so good, they went on a uh, their own headline tour on this album with Testament opened up with them. And man, I would have loved to have seen any one of those fucking packages because uh, those were all great bands playing in their fucking prime. That's for damn sure. Yeah, which I did see Testament that year open for Anthrax on the Legacy. Among oh, the, no shit. Among the Living and the Legacy. And then Anthrax came back when the I, uh, I'm the Man EP, even yeah. though it was still the I Am you know, uh, Among the Living, with opening act Exodus and Celtic Frost. Oh, wow. Is that crazy or what? Wow. And it wasn't, I mean, I think it was like a year or two later, but I remember there was a Headbangers Ball tour. That that was State of Euphoria, which was Anthrax, Exodus on Fabulous Disaster, and Halloween with uh, yeah. uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 1. Part 2, I think. No, Part 2, you're right. Yeah, and yeah. Kai was out of the band. He played on the second album, but when they right. played, it was that Roland guy. So okay. I never, and I'm a huge fan of Halloween when Kai was the singer. Like, yeah. my favorite Halloween is Walls of Jericho, that first EP and that Judas EP. To me, I mean, that's, I love, I love a lot of Halloween, but man, that early stuff with Kai is just so phenomenal. But that's, I never, that's, that's a band I need to check out a little bit more. Oh, yeah, uh, I highly recommend, like, the really early stuff. And then, you know, check out, like, uh, I thought um, the Dark Ride was really good. It was, it was a little... It's it's a little different because they were a little darker. Uh, Time of the Oath is a really good one. Well, they have a lot of good stuff with Andy Darris, but you know, uh, Avoid Chameleon. That is the worst Halloween album. Yeah. Pink Bubbles Goes Ape looks like it's a piece of crap, but it's actually pretty I've, good. I've heard good things about that. They say it's the worst album cover, worst title ever, but I hear it's a good album. It's it's actually pretty good. Kids of the Century is a cool song, but um, back to uh, Overkill. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What What else did they do? Did you just say the whole thing of their taking over time? Yeah, that's uh, that's just what I got. You know, if you want to sum up uh, this era and this time of uh, Overkill for you, uh, that'd be great. All right. So uh, I I would like to like you know close this out by you know and Ian can join in after I say this. You know, for anybody out there that doesn't know your Overkill and you want to like look into it, my picks because they have so many albums. Definitely, my, well, I'll first tell you my favorites. My favorite overkill is Feel the Fire and Year, Years of Decay. Those are my two favorites. But uh, if you want to have, like, the cream of the crop overkill CDs, I highly recommend taking over first, then Feel the Fire, then Years of Decay, then Horoscope, then WFO is very, very kick-ass. Um, from the Underground Below may be their most underrated gem. Cover Kill's awesome, the cover album. Um, 
I love the Necro Shine. Necro Shine. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's good. Um, uh, Iron Bound is awesome, and uh, uh, the last one, White Devil Armory, which I, oh yeah, which I feel is like the best thing they've done since from the Underground. But everything in between I just talked about, like Relics, is awesome. Immortal is awesome. I uh, love. Uh, I hear black. I hear I hear Black is the one album that they strayed, but they strayed into more of a Sabbath thing, and it's really really a great album. I think. Yeah. Check out that that album. You know, if you don't even like, if you're not too too big on the thrash, listen to Overkill trying not to be thrash. Yeah, I I was gonna say that too. You know, for that could be another good one for people who like. "Ah, I don't know about Overkill. Check out I Hear Black. Uh, to me, it's them doing something different, but by no means a fucking sellout. There's nothing commercial on that. That's just them trying a little bit different aspect. But uh, in my opinion, they sound great. And I also want to add the people that are huge Overkill fans, and if they're listening now, they're probably yelling at their computer saying, asshole, you didn't mention Under the Influence. That's because I kind of feel that one's a little overrated. But... Everybody loves that one. So, yeah, look into it, you know, because I'm not the authority of everybody. And most people look at Under the Influence as one of the best albums. I happen not to. I really, to me, uh, the song Shred and Head First are fucking awesome. Those two are great. And Overkill 3 was cool too off it. But, you know, I mean, eh, you know, Hello from the Gutter I was not too big on. Uh, Drunken Wisdom, what? You know, it's, I don't know. There's a few clunkers on that one, if you ask me. You're the king. Now that's the way to go. That's a great one. But anyway, so uh, does that wrap up our little uh, overkill thing? Because if it because if it does, then we got time to play a lot of tunes, Ian. Well, we got some shit we got to come up first before we get to the tunes. Get to it, and then we're gonna fucking play some tunes. All right, you know what we gotta do? God damn it, we got pick of the week. Yeah, that's right. All right. Do you have a pick of the week, or as usual, do you want me to go first so you, you can pick one you randomly? Go, you go first because I'm never prepared. No, I know you're not. All right. My pick of the week now has absolutely fucking nothing to do with Overkill. has nothing to do with fucking metal. It's just an absolute masterpiece album to me that I fucking worship. And that is The Police's second album, Regard of the Blanc. I love, love, love this fucking album. Uh, very influential. You listen to a lot of bands that came out, you know, late 70s, early 80s. So many people ripped off the fucking police. And for good reason. They had a very unique, interesting sound. Oh, man. Message in a bottle. Um, oh, my God. Bring on the night. No Best time without time. you. Yeah. Uh, contact. Uh, any other day. I mean, amazing, amazing songs on this album. The production is incredible. Uh you know, a lot of people just hate Sting, and I get that, because he comes off as a very pretentious, save-the-world Bono kind of guy. He was like Bono before fucking Bono. But in The Police, uh, he's amazing, his bass playing, his songwriting. One of the best quotes I ever heard about The Police was from the other two members that don't get talked about enough, the incredible Andy Summers on guitar and the uh, absolute amazing Sir Couple on drums. But they said, you know, Sting would write these kind of bullshit love songs, and they said... We would policify him. And I, I love that because you can hear some songs from, you know, Sting's solo career. Like, you can hear, like, you know, there's, you know, good structure, 
good songwriter, but it's just something a little light in the loafers. Where I think if those two musicians would have got a hold of it, the song could have went to the next fucking level. But, you know, Sting's an egomaniac, and, and he broke up the police, and it's a goddamn shame. I absolutely worship uh, the police. And check out, you know, if you're a little open-minded, check out Regatta de Blanc. Uh, I, I I just want to uh, interject that I am a huge fan of the Police, and uh, yes, that that album is just goddamn. That's a great one. Um, yeah. All of them are great. Uh, I like uh, you know. I guess they, they never did nothing after Synchronicity, right? Uh, just just live. Okay, well it doesn't matter. I actually saw them on the Synchronicity tour at the Orange Bowl. Oh, no shit. Yeah, where the fix opened. And oh, and the man. animals, the new animals. Oh, uh, wow. I, I actually saw them at their height. Uh, oh, that, how was it? Oh, fucking amazing. I could have seen Ghost in the Machine, but my, my friend left me hanging. Oh. I, man, almost, I, I almost saw that show. I, I missed the reunion tour, and I was in the middle of moving oh. Florida to, uh, to New Orleans, and in the middle of it... Uh, I missed both shows, and, and I really regret that because I saw a live album from that reunion tour. I thought they still sounded amazing, but you got to see the original. Yeah. And even though Synchronicity is my least favorite Police album, you know, uh, partly due to Overkill and partly just because I believe it's the you know least of those first five. But uh, but man, to see them at that time had to be amazing. It was uh, unbelievable. I didn't see the reunion tour. Because uh, at that time I wasn't working for the city and I was pretty broke, and they were very expensive those tickets. And oh yeah. My friend said it wasn't that good. No, I didn't hear the the live album you're talking about, but he said that they slowed down a lot of the songs. So uh, I, I don't know. A couple of them were slowed down. They changed arrangements a little bit, uh, but for the most part, man, I got that. Uh, I forget the name of the fucking album, but they they, they put out a live album and, and DVD. From that tour, I think it's like from Bonus Aries or some shit like that. But, uh, man, for the most part, I thought it was incredible. I mean, Stuart Copeland on drums is... Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy's a monster, man. I, I, I mean, he's, he's probably, you know... I mean, I mean, right there with fucking... In my mind, with Bill Ward, Neil Peart. Uh, Neil, you know, I, Neil Peart worships the guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah but, well, here's the thing with both those two. It's like, not only are they, they drummers, but it's like just the fucking simple work with those guys it's like a, a, a separate instrument yeah you know where some people just you know i mean the work they do is fucking incredible you know and it's, it's not just me you ask a lot of your favorite drummers uh you know about Stuart copeland okay you, oh please uh. yeah ask some of your favorite metal bands they'll tell you Stuart copeland is for fucking real yeah. you know and and Andy Summers no slouch either on guitar. Yeah, Andy Summers, if you look at him play, he plays these ridiculous notes where his fingers are stretched all across the fretboard. You can tell that shit. Like a good example is uh, "Message in the Bottle." Like yeah. the, the way that song starts, it's like, man, when you see him play, it's, it doesn't look an, like an easy song to play. Oh god! Or how about this? You want to hear some fucking shredding, but it's flamenco. Stop! Bring on the night on regard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my god! And some metal shredding. Listen to Landlord. You know, yeah, I love Landlord. I mean, the guy's very. But what I loved about the police is that they were. I mean, they yeah, they had a lot of reggae and they had some punk and some pop and but they were pretty much like uh, ahead of everybody back then. Yeah, they were their own thing, and that's why a lot of people copied them. 
And I thought they did the, 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 the smart thing. Stop while you're at top. I mean, how much bigger can you get when Synchronicity was basically a stadium tour? You know? Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were playing baseball stadiums. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Shoot. and uh, I, I love it. But, you know, okay, now, since I, that's your pick of the week, I thought of a pick of the week, too, because since we are on ThatMetalStation.com, and you just there picked, you go. And you just picked the police. That has nothing to do with metal. I'm gonna be with you too. I'm not only. I'm not, not only. <laughs> not only is this CD I'm about to uh, this release. My pick of the week is not metal. It's not even music. Okay. <laughs> I highly recommend one of the most vile things you'll ever hear in your life. Andrew, is there an experience? No. Oh. Andrew Dice Clay, the day the laughter died. You ever heard that? Oh yes! Oh my! Oh, yes. oh the, the the bit with the daughter while the oh yeah while the father's oh, yeah. there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah! It's basically Dice Clay shows up at a club. I think it's Dangerfields, like at one in the morning or something. Nobody knows he's gonna be there, and you know there's not a lot of people there. And he goes up there and he like says like the most vile shit. You hear people leaving, yelling at him. He's yelling at people, and. At the same time, and and I say ninety percent of it is just spontaneous, like you know, ad lib. But it's funny as fuck. And you know what? That's one comedy album I never, ever, ever get sick of. Along with um, Richard Pryor Wanted. I don't know if you've ever heard. That oh, album. oh yeah. Oh, I've got all the Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor Wanted is another one that I can never get sick of listening. So that yeah, that's my pick of the week, a comedy album. Oh, there, there so, you go. So enough of the comedy and the raw guy and, <laughs> and, you know, the police. What do you say we get your little fan of the week and whatever the hell you have to tell us to talk about All and we right. can get back to the metal? All right, I'm working on it, but we got to show respect to the fans. This fan of the week is John Holt. Uh, John Holt's very active on the Facebook page. Really cool dude, and, and I consider him part of uh, the Mach 2 fans. You know, we got the old schools that were right there from the original. You know, we're talking about the Mike Sears, you know, the Justin Childers and shit. But then we got the second batch that are just as fucking strong and there every day. And that's John Holt. Very active. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, we hope you keep coming back. Love that you tune in every fucking week. Awesome. And then we also have to mention, and you already brought it up, thatmetalstation.com. And something that's uh, disappointed me a little bit. We got a message from Scott Green saying nobody's going to that metalstation.com and sign up for this contest we got. And goddammit, this is Scott Green out of the goodness of his heart has a special contest that's just for you guys. Just for the listeners of this show. Where you can win three fucking CDs free. And you should need three free CDs. Because you should be fucking broke as shit spending money on our Amazon link. I hope you spent the rent money on our Amazon link. Okay? That you need three free CDs. And you also need to listen to fuck. If you're not listening to this show, you should be listening to fucking metal. Where are you going to find metal? That metal station. Go on there. Check it out. This is a contest. Like I said, he's doing this for you guys. This is just for listeners of our show. Go on there. Check it out. All the details are there. The link's on our Facebook page. You go in there, he's got some Easter eggs hidden. 
on uh, story. You know, they, they got news on there, too. All kinds of shit on that metalstation.com. Besides music, they got interviews. They got news stories. Well, you go on there. Well, the fucking details are there. Yeah, I'm too drunk to remember all the specifics, but go on there. Win your three free CDs. All right? This is for you. This is him helping out you guys, the loyal listeners. So please show a little support and check out that metalstation.com. As always, go on fucking iTunes, please. We need those reviews. Please keep them coming. If you had a problem, try again. We need those iTunes reviews. Subscribe to us. If you're on an Android phone, use Podcast Addict. You get every fucking episode. Again, I still got all these people on the Facebook page asking me about this episode, that it, what happened with Terrence, all this shit. You know how you find out all that shit? Listen to past episodes. We've, we've been picking up new listeners left and fucking right, and I love it. I love it. I love talking to y'all, but you keep asking me questions. Go listen to those episodes. Even if it's a show, you know, you're like, ah, you know, like this week. Or this past week, we just put out Skid Row. Amazing episode. Great episode. You might be like, I don't like Skid Row. I think you're going to like this episode. We always keep it entertaining. Whether you're a fan of the band or their album or not. There's always something for everybody on these episodes, especially now that we're on thatmetalstation.com. We do have time left over at the end, and we play songs. Even if you don't like that, you know, album we review, you might, like, dig the tracks we play afterwards. So check out past episodes, all the other bullshit. You got the links on there for Ralph's Great Bands. And uh, enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's get in some tunes. All right, let's rock this motherfucker. Go ahead, Ian. What do you got uh, for us to start uh, it off? Check out this underground classic, a band from the new wave of British heavy metal, very influential on a lot of bands, including Down. This is Witchfinder General. I love this fucking track. This is Love on Smack.
Finder General with Love on Smack. Let's stay with the... Uh, that, that was new wave of British heavy metal, wasn't it? Those guys, Ian? Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right, so let's give, a, let's give the people a double shot of the new wave of heavy metal. This one uh, from a band called Tigers of Pang Tang. Hell yeah. Featuring the amazing John Sykes on guitar. This is off The Killer, my favorite album by them called Spellbound. First song off it is fucking rules. It's called Gangland.
right, that was Tigers of Pangtang with Ganglands off their epic killer album, Spellbound. Now let's throw it to Ian. What you got, Ian? All right, let's go. You know me, I've got to throw some cock your way. This is some uh, cock rock from 1989, I believe. From San Francisco, this is Bane with Secrets. <laughs>
right, that was Ian's cock rock block, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Vain with secrets. Usually I'm the cock blocker here, but I'm going to join Ian this week. And we're going to wrap our dicks together like homos. Hell yeah. And we're going to keep the cock rock going. Yeah, this is my pick. But this one's a pretty obscure one. Uh, I spoke about them in the past on my pick of the week. Uh, They were a local band. Uh, that was a cock rock band that I really, I really did enjoy back in the day. I used to see them in the clubs down here, and they recently uh, released a documentary on them uh, that you can get on DVD called Tough Luck. That's the name of the band, T U F F L U C K. Um, and here's a song uh, off Tough Luck, my favorite song from theirs. Pretty heavy for cock rock. That's why I like this stuff. You know, it's not like you know. Ian's cock rock fluff. Mine has mine mine is a cock with balls. This is tough luck with tonight tonight.
right, that was Tough Luck with Tonight Tonight. All right, that uh, concludes our cock rock block of this week. All right, Ian, what do you got for us? Oh, man, here, you know me, I take it one fucking 80. This is an underground band, probably a lot of people don't know, even though you might know a couple of their members from the band Sabotage. This is an underground classic, I believe from 94. Ralph, I know you love this. This is Dr. Butcher oh, with yeah. Seasons of the Witch. Classic.
That was Dr. Butcher with Seasons of the Witch. Great pick there, Ian. Very uh, obscure band there that only released one record as far as I know. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, after uh, Sab- he left Sabotage, I think he went straight into doing the Dr. Butcher stuff, but it took him many years to finally get it off the ground, and I think it was released by some little independent label. Because I remember when I bought that album back in the day, I mean, this was... Uh, I think like right before, nah, the internet was already around, but I used to get my stuff through a mail order. I can't remember the name of the company, what they were called, but Ram Music, I think it was, that I used to get like imports, like albums you couldn't get, like Desperado, D. Snyder, and I remember that Dr. Butcher. I was like, oh shit, that's the, you know, the, the band I've been reading about all this time. So, you know, back then you couldn't get on YouTube. I don't think there was a YouTube back in the internet back then. Or or even uh, what well, Napster wasn't even around. This is like pre all that shit. So the only way to hear all this obscure shit, you had to order it. And yeah, I ordered that Doctor Butcher, and I still have it there on CD as well as a Desperado and a bunch of other shit that I got through uh, this book. Yeah, I believe it was called Ram Music. Anyway, all right. So moving on now, um, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Uh, a great, great underrated band called Riot. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people know the, you know, the guy era with, you know, Fire Down Under, Narita, Rock City. But I'm going to go after that, right after that, where they had a guy called Rhett Forrester, the late, great Rhett Forrester. Uh, He was a great singer, and he joined them for the album called Restless Breed, and he did some more albums with them. But I want to do the first track off that album. This song fucking rocks, man. It's called Hard Loving Man. Turn this shit up because it is fucking real traditional Let's hear it. heavy metal. <laughs> Oh, I'm a hard-loving man. 
That was Riot with Hard Lovin' Man. All right, Ian, it's your turn. All right, let's keep this shit fucking underground and let's head to the Great White North for an awesome, awesome underrated band. Ralph, I know you know this shit. This is Exciter. Yeah. With the title track of one of their best albums, this is Violence and Force. Woo!
that was Exciter with Violence and Force. Great pick, Ian. And you know that they're Thank back you. together. I know for the first time in many years. Yes, the original Exciter. I did see the Scab Exciter on the boat. and uh, But it's great to see them to act together. I really hope I get to see them. Because I'm a big fan of that stuff. And you know... And now that you threw uh, you threw in some some balls in the music, I, I'm gonna have to match you with this one, man. Yeah, throw some balls at. Me. I'm gonna throw some balls at you, man. This one is from a band called Laz Rocket. Oh yeah. And this song fucking rules. It's fucking killer thrash. It's called Fire in the Hole. Let's do it. It's a song about your mom. Yeah. 
That was Laz Rocket with Fire in the Hole. That's a classic. There's a, a video for that song that features the wrestler Sting. Remember that wrestler Sting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool fucking video, man. Check it out. Killer stuff. All right, uh, Ian, what do you got? Oh, man. This is one, one of my favorite guitar players of all time. Love this dude. He has his own sound. Very unique. God, I love this motherfucker. I'm talking about Fast Eddie Clark. And this was his band right after he left Motorhead. This is Fastway with Another Day. Oh, I love this song. This is a good one. Crank it.
right, that's enough music this week. Uh, Ian always has the last word, so tell us what's up, Ian, with next week. Uh, all right, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. You think that shit was great? Come back next week when our special guest host is the $6 million man and the fall guy, Lee Majors, is here, and we talk about Celtic Frost's Cold Lake. Oh, man. That's, yeah. That's amazing. I didn't even know that guy was into metal. Oh, yeah, but he likes his sellout albums. That's why we're talking about Cold Lake next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'd love to smell his finger. Thanks for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Ian Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>